we all know without faith it's impossible to please God. And what we ask, we must ask in faith, not doubting. As James said, he that doubteth, let that man think not he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's like the, a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. We all are aware that we need to believe as we pray. The interesting thing about this woman that I want to put your thoughts on for a little bit this afternoon is what's, what Christ said about her in verse 28. O woman, great is thy faith. Now, I, I don't know that any of us would step up at the plate and say that we have great faith. Particularly when it comes to the place of prayer. We've prayed for it many a time. We've asked the Lord to give us more faith, increase our faith. But this is Christ. This is the Lord himself defining. Here's what Jesus says. What he saw in this woman was great faith. So what's that look like? Well, you know, obviously she had true faith. She was uh, from Tyre and Sidon, a Syrophoenician. She was a Greek. She was a Gentile. But she had true, true faith, genuine faith. She had come to believe in the revelation of the scriptures that Christ was the Messiah. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. Kurios, the one who had all authority and power. The son of David, the promised Messiah. And one that she believed would show mercy. She had turned her back on the heathen gods. She had left that. They, they were not helping her daughter. She had a daughter that was grievously vexed of a devil. But all of her praying to her heathen gods didn't help her daughter one iota. And she's found praying at Christ's feet. Mark says she came and fell at his feet and she besought him. So she had genuine faith. Well, we're going to have to have that to get answers from God. Whether we're praying for revival, whether we're praying for... Uh, a child that is a prodigal has left the way that they professed at one time. We need, we need faith. But this woman's faith, faith was tested by the Lord. Probably the hardest test we'll ever find is that silence that comes from God when we pray. He answered her not a word. I like to try to put myself into scenes like this in Scripture. And here's a woman who's come. Her heart is very heavy for her daughter. It's a young daughter. And her daughter is demon-possessed. She comes to Christ, believes he is who he says he is, believes in his power, believes in his goodness, believes that he is one who's opposing the devil. And she has come and poured out her heart to him lying at his feet. But you look at the scene and you see the Lord is just staring down at her and not saying a word. It's like the Lord has a heart of stone, like he's untouched at all by what he's seeing. Here's the one who could heal this woman's daughter with the word, but not a word came from his lips. It wasn't that she was praying on the ground of, you know, personal merit. I've done good, so help me. 
She's asking for mercy. She had a real spiritual need. She came to the right place. She had the right views of Christ. And she was praying on the right ground. She came with real faith. But he answered her not a word. I believe that the silence of God to to our prayers rank among some of the most difficult tests of our faith. Have we not all experienced that? More than one occasion, we've come to the Lord with some pressing need. Whether it's been some child who is under Satan's dominion, his control, some personal struggle we've had or are having in our own lives, or hell seems to break loose. We've come to the feet of Christ so many times, and we've come and we've cried, we've prayed, we've wept many tears, we've pled for mercy, for help. He said, Lord, and sometimes, you know, it's all you can get out. And Lord, help me. I don't know what else to say. Help me. But we are met with the silence of God. He answers us not a word. We go looking into the scripture for some word from God. It's a closed book. Why does he treat his people like that? Why is he silent when he knows so much that we need an answer from it? We need help. David said in Psalm 28, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Think of Job, he lost every temporal blessing you could imagine. And God answered him, not a word. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. He cried and he prayed and he prayed and he cried. And there was no answer coming from him. It's a test of our faith. It's a fiery trial of our faith. And it's an answer to prayer that we've offered to God many a times. Increase my faith. You see, the Lord's not as silent as you think he is when he's silent. He's actually answering the prayer you made to him and pled with him. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Well, I'm going to help your unbelief by not answering your prayers just now. What we have to remember when we experience the silence of God is that behind the silence, there are always higher thoughts and gracious purposes that God has for his people. When he says nothing, he's speaking volumes to us. I thought about the silence that Christ faced at Calvary. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God gave no answer. And yet that was the greatest revelation of the love of God for sinners the world has ever seen. God was speaking volumes by being silent to his own son. Where would we be without that silence from God? But there's also something else that I really want to hone in on in the little bit of time I have left, and that's the humility of her faith. One of the fundamental marks of faith is humility. We'll find in scripture and in life that when the faith of God's people has been great, their humility has been great. 
You know, the occurrence of this statement where the Lord Jesus said that someone's faith is great is in Luke 7. That's the Roman centurion. And who had a, a servant who goes to send someone to Christ to come and heal him. And Christ heads for that centurion's home. But when the centurion sees them coming, he says, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said, unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. He had great faith. And he had great humility. If you look at this woman's response to Christ when he answered her not a word, he, he, he treats her as if she wasn't even there. And the very, well, natural response, you would expect that. I mean, you ladies there, you imagine you put herself in her shoes. You've got this daughter. She's a young daughter, young, young child. And she's even possessed. And you've come with a broken heart, the one who can heal her, and he just ignores you. Well, I would say that the, the natural response would have been indignation, offense, highly insulted. But what does she do? She just cried to the Lord to have mercy on her. She didn't plead merit of any kind, but she just pled mercy. She brought him a case that, you know, you the thought would have touched the hardest of hearts, a little girl tormented by a demon. And she has no power to fix the problem. And she came with real faith, but the Lord was silent. She doesn't become indignant. She didn't go off in a huff. It was humble faith that went from Christ. Okay, he wouldn't answer her. I'm going to go to his disciples. I'm going to see if they can persuade Christ on my behalf to answer her. And even they treat her like she's a nut. Lord, send her away. She's bothering us. That's humility. Faith believes that God can do nothing and will do nothing wrong. Nothing unjust. Nothing unwise. Nothing unnecessary. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. You all have sung that hymn, I imagine, sometime in your life, many times over. I found out there was a reality to it when my wife was diagnosed with brain tumors years ago. It's one thing to talk about it and to preach the truth about it, but when you're brought to a place where you have to believe that Jesus has done the best thing, the wisest thing, the most loving thing that he could do in sending this disease into our lives, it's there where you, you're brought to a place of humility. Lord, you do all things well. You've not made a mistake. This is for our good. And it will end well, now, the thing I want you to, um, Steve was looking at the clock probably, but this little bit I don't want you to miss. This matter of 
this woman seeing, bowing down to this sovereign grace of Jesus Christ. I am not sent, uh, but to the children of Israel. And it's not fit, it's not proper to give the, the, the bread to the dogs. Didn't that sound so harsh? So unkind. I mean, it was common that the, the Jews often referred to the Gentiles in that day as dogs. And, you know, and it was a reference to the, to, the, to the pack of dogs that would roam the streets. But that's not what the Lord, it's not how he used the word here. She bows down to him. Lowell, she acknowledged the fact, yes, it's not fit. But the Lord said this, the dogs. There's a form of this noun in the Greek that you're not going to see in the translation. It's a diminutive form, and it would read more literally, little dog, little dog, and little crumb. So she catches it. She catches that. It's not fit. It's not right, he says, to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. Now, these little dogs, it was a common thing in the Jews and Gentile homes alike to have these little pets. You know what that's like, a little dog. And she latched on to that. I, I, I don't know. I'll find out one day. But I, I, I kind of think there was a twinkle in the Lord's eye when he said that. He was giving her something to latch on to. A little dog. Okay, Lord, fine. Truth, I am yet a dog, a little dog. Yet the little dogs eat of the little crumbs again, which fall down from their master's table. Now, brothers and sisters, that sheep, when the Lord heard that, and that's great faith. Great faith. And it moved him. He rewarded that faith and he healed her daughter on the spot. You and I have a, sometime along this journey in life, we're going to find ourselves like this woman. The situation will be desperate. And we'll cry again and again and again, and the heavens will be silent. But you see, she just persisted on, and she kept praying on and praying on, and got the answer. That's great faith. Or as the old woman said in the mountains years and years ago, they came and told her, and she said, she's the woman with the great faith. And she said, no, it's the little woman with the great faith in God, with faith in the great God. And that's what we need more of, faith in the great God. 